Hi, everybody. Welcome to Queers and Soaps. I'm Tommy, and once again, I am joined by Gregory and Lynn. Hey there. And we're back talking about Knots Landing with our segment, The Abbey Scale. Today, we're talking about Season 6, Episodes 19, 20, and 21. So I'll roll the credits, and we'll get right into it. So episode 19 is titled Rough Edges. And I think we th- we were a little bit confused when this one started. Because Val, we didn't realize it. We thought it might be a dream. But Val was like back in Chula. And I'm like, wait, this is going on longer than I thought it a dream. Right? <laughs> They're fooling with the audience on the opening of this one. For a minute, we're like, did she go back to like get her things? Um, <laughs> did she like have a psychotic break? Right. <laughs> But then we learn she's chatting with her shrink that she's finally seen and talking about that a little bit of that time. Finally, a medical professional, even though right? even <clears throat> though it does look like a sound studio stage, but I digress. Mm, right. <laughs> um, Abby is going through the ledger that she took from Galveston. Makeup all done up, but mm. the hair's a little flat. It wasn't as... They didn't have a lot of volume. Yeah, the girl, the girl period in Donna Mills's hair is starting to happen, so we're starting to lose that beautiful asymmetric bob. She's getting a little carpal tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> but what's missing in that ledger is two pages. Two pages. Yep. <laughs> Which goes back to what Galveston said to her when she took it that she wouldn't find what she's looking for in there. Right. Um. Gary is waiting to meet with Galveston, but is told he won't make it today by an employee. Yeah, shows up at the ranch, and one of the employees kind of, oh, he's not available, he's not here, or whatever he tells him, and blows him off, and blows the meeting off. Uh, Ben talks with Val's therapist in private, and wants to know what he can do, and he's told to try and prevent the subject of the babies from coming up until she brings it up. So yes, Ben and the doctor chat a little bit, and the doctor warns Ben not to bring up the babies until Val's ready to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, Galveston has a c- cerebral hemorrhage, so basically he had an aneurysm. Correct. They think he could live a month. They think he could live a night. They're not really sure. So here we go. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. His employees are debating how to handle this news, like the news getting out. The transition. Yeah. Yes. Because they don't have Greg on board yet, and that's what the plan supposedly was by this point in time. Abby sees Gary come back to Lotus Point and asks him what Galveston had to say. Oh, he wants to know what the urgency is all about. And she <coughs> tells he tells her that he wasn't there. Which She's doing a lot of eye acting. You can see she's like pleased that like she he didn't get to talk to her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so self-centered, you know, like the like like the one character has so many different um components of the story that her she only has one concern. And that's she does. That's she her. Does. Yeah, so she's that's all like <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, I put, she put the ledger in her Gucci briefcase. Was that really? Because he said, oh, Gucci back in the day. And I was like, was it really Gucci? No, that's, yeah, that was the original Gucci. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, Gu-. I said, Gucci must be sponsoring this episode because <laughs> everybody was getting Gucci. <laughs> Not just budget was going up a little bit during this time, I guess. It, yeah, it right. was. It was. Um, Abby goes to see Galveston herself and spots. I guess medical equipment or oxygen tanks being yeah. There's a van out front that they've got all this equipment, and she's turned away, but she could see like she's happy. (laughs) Um, One of Paul's men comes over, talks to Abby at the car, basically says Paul's not available. She can't have an appointment with them today, and she's kind of inquisitive too. And he won't give her any direct answers, but she's putting two and two together, and she kind of has a wicked smile and tears off in her car right away. And it's, it's almost like she knows he's dead or about to die, but she like doesn't have like she's like ninety nine percent sure. She knows <laughs> her secret. Wants that affirmation, right? <laughs> she knows her secret is about to be buried. 
Yep, exactly. Um, one of Galveston's men come to see Greg and tells him that he that Galveston had a stroke, and they have very little time to do a smooth transition of power, and Greg is not interested. Yes, he's he still puts him off. He wants to keep on his career path of being senator. Val can't sleep and runs into Joshua in the kitchen. This oh, this really scene. Icky scene. Icky scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. Because, like, I couldn't read him if he was, like, really concerned about her. And then when he was, like, standing behind her at the kitchen, it seemed like he was trying to, like, mess with her uh, sanity. <laughs> yes. And he really, he planted a lot of doubt about their mother and their mother's relationship. So he's the one who planted seeds on, well, I don't know if talking to psychiatrists is good because Papa liked prayer better. So he plants that first out in Val, like, well, maybe I shouldn't be seeing a shrink. And then he's like, yeah, it'd be interesting, you know, based on your past relationship with Mama and stuff like that, that there's probably some unresolved feelings and stuff there too. And she's sitting there thinking. And finally he's like, well, I'm going to go up. Good night. And he turns off the light and leaves her in the dark in the kitchen. After he said he was going to take care of the dishes, he yes. like literally just like left everything and like put it in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. But he planted two seeds in Val that she's going to react to both of them, unfortunately. I just don't understand what his motivation is for that, though. Uh, he's just, he's definitely being a little bit of this. <laughs> yep. For a man of God. Mm-hmm. Was, what was he on a, a moped? No, is that no? That's not a moped. That was... it's like a scooter. It's like a Vespa type of Vespa. Uh, Vespa. Scooter. That's the right yeah. word. I don't know yeah. if it was this episode, but I was like, "Ooh!" I was like, "Look at that bubble butt!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, he was hot." <laughs> I was like, "See that he's an asshole, <laughs> right?" <laughs> um. Mac and Ben have lunch with Gary and try to see what he knows about Gallison and Empire Valley. And we've said this before, Gary's pretty much just the money. He doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. He never knows yep. what's he's, going on. <laughs> he's the money and he's the front face man. Correct. He's just a pretty blonde. That's all he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Abby usually runs things. Um, but he thinks, because he brought Gallison in, that he knows everything that's going on. And Abby knows more than he does. Yeah. <laughs> right? Val isn't feeling well and misses her therapy appointment. I guess she says she felt achy. Right. And Karen stops by to check on her. And I'm like, yep, here's that first layer that Joshua got into her head. And so she can go to the shrink. But she says, well, the shrink said there'd be time available later. So we'll see maybe. But she's pretty, she's pretty um, insecure around Karen at this point. And Karen's trying to make her feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Karen tells her that the, her publisher called and said her book is a bestseller, or Val told Karen that her book is a bestseller. But it's almost like, because yeah. ever since she went missing, it went from being a flop to, like, number one. <laughs> yes. Yes. And she kind of doesn't remember writing the book still at this stage. That's still a little gray for her, but... Karen suggests that she maybe she should try reading it to jog her memory. Yeah. She says you'd be impressed with yourself. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> um, Karen mentions her drug problem, and Val is shocked to hear that Karen did drugs. Yes. Um, and he even asked me, he's like, what drugs did she do? And I said, she hurt her back, right? Like in the car accident? She did hurt her back, and then she wasn't sleeping well because of her stress situation with Diana being with Chip. So the doctor... Yeah prescribed something that was stronger than over-counter, and she quickly got addicted to that and kind of a slurry of others. She heard her back, and then she couldn't deal with her daughter, so she just kept popping pills. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Like every mother (laughs) from 1956. Mother's little helper, then just grab a bottle of pills, shake it up. Um. Val ends up going to her therapy session. Uh, she remembers being sick as a child and staying home. And she starts to say that it was with her mama, but then she remembers it was actually with her aunt. Right. Um, she then says 
she wants to start running again because that seems to be something that she used to enjoy. So like, okay. Exactly. She's remembering With, things. Yeah, she is remembering things. She also is confused why Gary hasn't come around. Yeah. You know, she's like, I know he, he loves me. And the, the shrink doesn't really say too much into that. But, you know, she's confused by all of this. She's still sorting through. Abby hasn't seen her, right, since she's been home? No, she has not. Oh, not see, at all. And Abby didn't come till season two. So I wonder if, she, like I said last week, if she's still in, like, 1979. Like, Abby hasn't moved to the cul-de-sac yet. Like, she doesn't know mm-hmm. remember, like the affair or anything. Right. And that's why she's confused about why Gary isn't with her. True. Good point. Um. Val is hard cleaning the house again. <laughs> Wanting to know where the polish is, asking her yes. mama. <laughs> and she's being really short with Lily May. Yeah, that aggravation is starting to bubble up now that Joshua planted those seeds about their past relationship. Was this the scene where she blew up at Lily May? No, this isn't. This was pre this, and it's just the two of them in the living room together. Okay. It was later when Ben's over. Ben, oh, this is what happened. Ben doesn't think that therapy is helping, and Lily May refuses to have her committed to an institution. And then I put men- Val has a mental break and starts screaming at Lily May for being a tramp. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's remember- like, what kind? Yeah, she remembered that. <laughs> she did. She's like, what kind of mother goes around from man to man? And she's like, where were you when I needed her? And you're like, Lily May is just aghast and taken back because she's so happy to have her daughter back and wants her to get better. But these are some of the memories that are come flooding. Now, again, this is what Joshua kind of instilled in her memory to remember at least that portion of it. So it came out really harsh. In some ways, isn't this basically what her book's about? Isn't her this book about Lily Mai? Cause she like dedicated it to her. Um, I thought Nashville Junction was a little bit about Lily May, but then some people said, well, it's a reflection of Val too. And I think that's why Val became Verna because the similarities were quite similar uh, too, because Val was a young waitress and those type of things happened as well. Gotcha. Um, Karen, Gary and Abby are meeting and Karen feels like something has shifted and wonders if the two women that were murdered had stumbled upon a secret project. And just to insert this too, a little bit earlier in the episode, Abby kept pushing Greg, you know, about help with Paul. Mm-hmm. And Greg's like, you don't have to worry about Galveston. And that's all he says. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't tell Abby that Paul's sick or ill or taken ill. And Abby just kind of slyly smiles and backs off a little bit. So she's kind of put the pieces together that Paul might be down for the count. She might get right. lucky. She might get lucky because she, at this point, has uh, now no one has seen him. Everybody's complaining that they haven't seen him. She drives yep. up to his house and sees the van, and then she yep. gets confirmation from him. Don't worry about it. Let alone nobody knows that she saw him because she broke into his home office the night before, and then he asked her to call the doctor, and then she left before she saw him go, oh, yeah. and fall back. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Val meets with her therapist and unloads stories from her childhood. Yes. Um, we we saw like a little montage of her telling every story she like could remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Galveston's employees bring Gary a signed authorization to begin road work, which Abby finds suspicious. It's kind of funny now. All of a sudden, they've got a signature. You know what I mean? And. And one of the go-betweens is the handoff to Gary. And Gary just kind of takes it. He's kind of surprised. Again, he's confused that he hasn't gotten to meet with Paul. But he's got something that he needs to move forward on the meeting that kept getting prolonged. Yeah. Um, that leaves the therapist's office and thanks Ben for taking her. She And then she asks if the plants are still the green food and the red food. And I was like, oh, and that's how it ended. And like, I felt that because it was a, like a callback, but I had to explain to him what that was. Like, like she was taking care of his plans. His plans, yes, because he was going out of town quite a bit. Like, yeah, really he was going. <laughs> yeah, he went out of town quite a bit for different reporting gigs, 
and she took care of his plants and she would get so stressed about making sure she was giving them the right foods. But what was interesting in that last session that she had with her doctor, she then started talking nice about her mother and how they had a tender moment in her childhood where her mom asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up and all those type of things. So she had the yin and the yang where she remembered all the bad stuff, but then she remembered a little bit of the sweet times and some of those things that she yeah. had fonder memories of. Um, I guess we really didn't see Kathy much on this episode. Um, you're right. Josh saw her one time really quick, talked to her, like he followed her somewhere and basically wanted to make up and they ended up kissing. So they're obviously moving in that direction. Man of cloth, but still a man. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, Kathy was on there for a blip, so no singing this episode. Sorry, Tom. Uh, I knew I did have a note. It literally is just the line that says Joshua and Kathy make up. That's all I have. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it just made me think about, like, when they first got together and, like, he gave into his passion, he, like, made her feel dirty that they had sucked. <laughs> because, once again, the period of the time, you know. Yep. I, mean, I don't know if it was his first time, but, like, he was just like, you seduced me, you're a whore. Like, <laughs> his dad being a man of the cloth, if you will, and so deeply inceded in the church, they definitely had those biblical rules and he yeah. felt a lot of guilt about it. So he projected his guilt out there because that's what happens in that family is they make everybody else feel bad, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. So they can feel a little bit better about themselves. Mm. So I gave this a seven. I didn't think it was like an amazing episode, but it right. was Greg actually gave it a higher score than me. 7.5. Cause, cause I, 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 cause I think it's a piece of, I kind of know what's happening and this is the, the 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 revving of the engine got it i gave it a seven as well too i thought we learned some things you know they're putting some puzzle pieces together it wasn't anything dynamic or whatnot too it just kind of helped push the story along um all right I yeah, guess that's it. yeah. So episode 20 is <clears throat> titled the emperor's clothes and Ben and Val are driving through Empire Valley, and Ben wants to take a detour. They start walking, and Gary pulls up and gives them a tour. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing here, because in my notes, I'm like, um, Ben and Val drive out to Empire Valley. It looks like a dirt field, though Val says, it looks gorgeous. And I'm like, it's a freaking dirt field, and there's some mountains in the distance. This is quite hilly land. So this for development, this is going to be interesting. I can't quite picture. I know, and he's like, and then about. that valley over there, we're going to have the blah, 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 and then that divot over there, we're going to have. And I'm just thinking to myself, that valley over there probably has a lot of ground in, in it, and how are you going to break ground? Like, I'm all. Right. I'm just laughing because. Knott's location scout just found a spot that they could go out and film at for cheap. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that they could quickly file a permit for, or maybe not even get a permit. Drove right, up exactly. And... Stop and film their scene for the morning and be done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quick before the light runs out. I feel like right? I heard rumblings that Gary's plan was like to develop it, but to also kind of keep it looking rural. He wants to respect the land is always Gary's big thing. So he wants the development to always reflect the land and what's there. And he's kind of talked about that, I think, throughout this episode, too. He's like, I don't care so much about what it looks like on the inside, but I want the outside to match the surroundings. And they kind of mentioned that that's also how they wanted Lotus Point to be. Right. And that's why he took a stronger interest in that. And Abby didn't like it because she thought that was going to be all her baby. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to do this. I found out you were stealing all this money and skimming off it off the top for Apolloon. And we're going to pull Karen in because I need to make right on that, too, because she's part owner. Right. Um, Gary gives them like a little tour and like discusses his plans, like we said. Um, they go through the barbed wire fence or try ouch! to carefully go through it. Yeah, at first I was like, I was like, okay, she's oh. like going through the fence. I'm like, wait, oh. is that barbed wire? Is that what she <laughs> so of course, Valine's the one who gets hurt on the barbed wire fence and they go out. So the tour ends abruptly and quickly is all I'm getting at. Well, that's because they didn't have a permit for the scene. <laughs> yeah. So Ben's like, I got to take you to the doctor. So wherever out in Little Whoville that they are, they travel to the little nearest town. 
So this didn't actually go the way I was thinking that we were being set up for when she cut herself and they had to go to the hospital. I thought she was going to start having flashes. Like she would hear a baby cry at the hospital and start having right. flashes. Oh, right. Although, <laughs> although, but continue. Because uh, um, something did happen. Yeah, so you... it was a twofer. <laughs> it was a twofer. It was a twofer right. scene where you got two pieces of information. We're not there yet, though. I yeah. It happens a little bit. Um, Laura is put off by Greg's flippant attitude over Galveston's death. Like, she just doesn't understand. She's like, it's your father. Like, and he's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, oh, well. <laughs> he wants to hurry up and get to Washington. And he's, like, asking her how old their kids are and stuff again because he's trying to find schools and just lock everything down because mm-hmm. he knows that pressure of Galveston's team is coming at him. And he wants to jet out of town. Kathy and Joshua are making out in a park. And oh. she has to get to rehearsal. And because because they're going to be on TBS night tracks because that's hard to get on and back in the eighties when TBS would play night tracks on a Friday night and show music videos I started laughing that they actually referenced night tracks I'm like they have to be talking about this TBS show that was on at the time and they're trying to make it sound like that's a big deal so yeah. this is probably this is probably like winter of eighty five so MTV was around right they had just come around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had been around for probably like eight years, but then some other pop-up things like on NBC and on um, TBS network, they would try and show videos as well too, because they're trying to capitalize on the eyeballs that yeah. MTV was getting. Um, they then emerge from a wooded area. So it seems like they had socks. <laughs> yeah. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Joshua is got that dirty freaky side to him. So yeah. But I did comment that, so what year is this? Probably 85, early 85. So I'll be inappropriate right now. So it was 85 that they had to have, you know, had intercourse because he wouldn't have kissed her afterwards. Oh, he was like, she didn't give him a blowjob because he kissed her. (laughs) Oh, funny. (laughs) I'm trying to look at some of my notes here, too. The thing is... She feels like he's trying to make her miss rehearsal and stuff like that, too. She thinks things are either his way or not at all and kind of says Mm -hmm. that to him. And he's a little bit quiet. He doesn't agree with her. But Kathy's no dummy. She's kind of catching on really quickly, Mm -hmm. too. No, she knows exactly what's going on. She just needs to figure out where her line of compromise is going to be. Right. Right. But he's becoming more and more domineering. And setting the scale, as we see in yeah. this episode and the next episode. We kind of, like, they've kind of always had this issue. Because wasn't she going to go on tour and he was just, like, ending things with her? And right. And, like, being really cold and basically telling her, if you go, we're over. He kind of guilts her into not going. And yep. isn't that how she started singing at Isadora's? Because she just wanted to stay more local. Well, she had been singing there, but she didn't want to sing there the rest of her life. And scouts were starting to notice her and wanting her to go out on the road with her band, too, to get some more exposure instead of just in that little community. Right. You know, it's very interesting because as he came onto the screen in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot he was on the show. And I was like, but why do I hate him? <laughs> like, why do I actually, like, I don't like him. Why do I right. hate him? <laughs> now, you know, and it's, now it's coming like, together. Because it's it's coming together. Because, like, for me, this mm. is an old friend with some flashbacks and not paying attention to the details, but the feelings are still there. Like, I could feel that something is happening. You're like Valine. You have the emotion, but you don't have the memory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to come together. Yeah. You know, that's how me being here started. Because when you were watching um, Knots Landing a few seasons before this, and sure. I was just like, did Valine have the baby? Like, <laughs> <laughs> did she go crazy yet? And right. But to be honest with you, now thinking back at when I said to you, did she have the baby? Did she go crazy yet? I didn't remember the detail that she had the baby. It was twins. They were born alive. Right. They were taken from her. She had a, a, a psychotic moment where she went off somewhere, but I knew something happened. Sure. Um, ben takes Val to the clinic to get stitches. And Ben thinks it's busy, but the doctor says... 
that this is slow, that it's kind of died down um, since, I guess, there was a chemical spill or something? Right, there was an industrial chemical in the water, and there was a spill, and um, they've been cleaning it up. And he says, Galveston Industries has been making good on all this. And Ben's kind of like, like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to just insert, there was a scene that happened right before we saw Ben at the clinic with Val, where they show us this business airport. And we see one of Paul's men's there, and they're picking someone up. Oh, oh, that's right, yeah. No, who it is yet, but he's pranking up someone important that's going to be a big part of the story here pretty quickly. Joshua asks Abby where the donations from the show goes, and she whips out her her big ledger book. She's always had the right. book. Even when she worked uh-huh. at Planning Motors, she always had her books. Uh-huh. <laughs> All those records. <laughs> she knew where the money was. <laughs> right. And know how to doctor it sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say, she knew where the money... Of course, she, she needed to show people where the money was going. Because... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. She she was related to Karen because Karen was married to her her brother Sid that died mm-hmm. Karen's first husband. So when yes. Abby came to the show, she worked at Knott's Landing's Motors mm-hmm. as the bookkeeper. And at one point, I, I Karen fired that. her, but because Abby had her own like system with the books and like codes or whatever, and they were being audited, she, Karen had to like suck it up and ask Abby to come back because they couldn't <laughs> she had too many acronyms down that Karen couldn't figure out what was what. So, yeah. <laughs> ben is questioning a woman with a baby about the chemical spill. And Val holds the baby. And this is when he was like, oh, something's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, is she going to run off with the baby? <laughs> right? <laughs> it reminded me of when she, um, she thought she was Verna and she was talking to the, the woman that had the twins and she like wouldn't let go of the baby. Right. She's like, I'm never going to let you go again. Yeah, exactly. But instead, this time, she just like, oh, I'm terrible with babies. And she hands it back. And it was because she was starting to feel something that she kind of sheltered her and protected herself and get turned the baby over really quickly. But yeah, it was it was kind of interesting because that mother talked about how Galveston was paying for all the bills. And it's a lot quieter around there because people left and probably some got sick and died even on top of it. But the woman says, you know, Galveston said the poison water, you know, they'd make good on it. And there was a woman who was really going after him about it. And all of a sudden she left and never came back. And mm-hmm. I was kind of curious about all that. Oh, going back to um, Joshua asking about the don- donations, I didn't finish. Um, yeah. She shows him, she says that she it goes to the charities that he selected. And he says that he wants to do more. And Abby shows him that the ratings actually jump up when he comes on. Right. And she says she he could have a longer segment, but she says she has to talk to the reverend. And he says that he'll ask the reverend himself. Yes. And time is right. <laughs> it was a very, it was a weird, I was trying to like read in between the lines and figure out where did he want to... Um, manipulate the moment where the reverend would decide to step down so he didn't have to you know I think he's trying to make it look as he's trying to make himself look as innocent as possible he's starting to suspect what's going on he's knowing Abby wants more but he's kind of wanting Abby the one to say she wants to put him on the air longer versus she's trying to get him to saying I want more airtime." so it's right. this little push and pull they all know which way the wind is blowing everybody's just trying to be coy and naive about it a little bit laura comes home and finds kathy and the kids with some of galliston's employees yeah that was pretty awkward yeah they insist that she tell greg that they stopped by um Mm -hmm. i forgot kathy is living with laura (laughs) right yes because she's with josh so much we don't see her too much in Laura Avery's house, but yes, that is the case. And a lot of times when we see Laura, she's with Greg, so I like even forgot that Laura still lives in the cul-de-sac. Well, and we, find, we finally got a Daniel sighting. We haven't really seen Daniel in a while, and he's kind of grown quite a bit. We see Jason a little bit, too. Oh, but... like, that's definitely her baby, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, the red hair. child mm-hmm. is not acting. Yep. 
child actor yep and then jason he's like who is that and i'm like that's jason and he's like no that's somebody and i looked it up and he went on to be on the sitcom valerie yeah okay (laughs) so you're right he was on the show valerie which starred valerie harper and then she got fired from her own show and they renamed it valerie's family and then they finally renamed it the hogan family so it went through like three different titles i think i watched it when it was the hogan family (laughs) yeah and sandy duncan was on there during that time so they had to have another mom figure on there and she ended up getting hired so yeah wasn't josh taylor on there do you know who josh taylor is he plays roman on days of our lives um, he was on there. You're right. He was the dad. He was Valerie's husband. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And so was Jason Bateman. He was on there as well, too. Yeah. He was in the cast photo on IMDb. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the, sorry. So uh, the goons, you're right. The goons were at the house. Laura has a little flashback to what was going on previous season with the goons and that storyline. So she's a little bit rattled by that because, again, they're just pushing her to talk to Greg and do what's in Greg's best interest. So basically, they're laying a threat without saying what the threat is, knowing that Laura's going to go run it back to Greg. Right. So am I um, not understanding the scope of Gavison's business and what they want to do because they don't mention it? Right. Like I'm trying. Like I'm trying to now be a novice listening to this, and I'm trying to figure out: is it as <laughs> big as? Like, is this an international thing or is this just a little local piece of muscle that he thinks he has? It is international and I can give you the breakdown because I honestly did take notes about it, but it's going to happen next episode. So maybe I'll wait and break it all down then. But yes, it's a a big deal and people (laughs) don't realize how big of a deal it is. Right. You know, because they really are like, I get the whole... um, so up until this point, I guess I could understand tonight and I get the whole um, wanting, you know, the father wanting it to stay in the family business, family business, family business. But sure. then like family business to me feels like it's just like a local kind of thing and an outside person wouldn't understand it or benefit from it. So like, right. I'm like, this is interesting. Why does he want the son to take over? Because I feel like it's bigger than even the son or it's bigger than him you know it's bigger yeah. than everything so that's where i i was a little um confused which we could talk next episode about it cool uh karen and ben are at val's for dinner joshua men- mentions that val's publisher called and they want her to do another book tour val is sitting on the floor and she has a memory of going into labor in the living room yeah that was kind of spooky how all of a sudden that came flooding back to her but she remembered finally so this is her first moment of remembering that that she was she was pregnant with twins and gave was going into labor yes um gary threatens galveston's employees with shutting down empire valley's project until he speaks or sees him speaks to him or sees him Mm mm-hmm um, and they try to like be like he's just very involved in negotiations right now, but he he's equally committed to that. And <laughs> Gary's like, well, I'm important too, so like I'm not going forward until I see him. <laughs> so <laughs> right, exactly, which is smart. Totally. Um, Karen and Val are riding bikes, and Val is telling her she remembers everything about the night that she gave birth Mm. she even says right down to like seeing like the beads of sweat on like the forehead of like the doctor or whatever (laughs) right you know because it's starting to come back to her so she's mm -hmm. remembering greater she says she saw the babies and And she heard them crying yes and karen starts to wonder if maybe val is right yeah, she, she's like, I don't know what you want me to say. And she's like, you don't need to say anything. But just that little bit of memory that Val's got, got instilled in Karen. Because Karen's probably reflecting, going, Val's slowly starting to remember everything. And she's remembering it accurately. So this perhaps could be very true, what Val is remembering. And she heard the babies cry. Yeah. She gets Karen thinking. Um. Karen asks Eric and Michael to tell her about the night that they took Val to the hospital. Mm-hmm. She wonders if they heard anything like code blue, like when a, a crisis is happening and they say yep. no. So now her wheels are really turning. She's like, this is not 
adding on. Which, well, the reason why she's kind of startled by that too is usually something like that might happen and mm -hmm. the boys didn't hear anything happen. And Karen's kind of like, this is odd. Now she's starting to think, is there foul play? Right. If something was wrong with the babies. Why wasn't there a little bit of panic going on at the hospital? And instead, everything's just kind of quiet and calm. It's unusual. Yeah. Hmm. Um, a woman is brought in to see Galveston, and a priest begins to marry them. Yes. <laughs> they don't tell us who this, or show us and tell us who this woman is, but yes. Um. Abby wants verbal confirmation from Greg that Galveston is dead. He just says goodbye, and that pleases her. <laughs> <laughs> and he and the horse have a good chuckle. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it makes her smile. So, yeah, she she kind of knows everybody being so quiet. She's kind of on just the right path of discovery on what's going on with Paul. Karen is trying to get in touch with Dr. Ackerman on the phone. And Abby mm -hmm. overhears. Um, and so that I'm, makes her nervous. I kind of. She's like, why, why do you need to talk to Dr. Ackman? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tommy. So I kind of just had to fill Greg in on like the earlier part of the season. I was like, you know, Abby's involved, but inadvertently. Like she didn't like, mm -hmm. she was just mouthing off and this lawyer just took it into his own hands and thinking he was doing her a favor. <laughs> Completely. But that Dr. Ackerman, when Abby confronted him, he was really resistant, but then he started calling her saying, people are asking too many questions. And if they take me down, I'm going to take you down. So Abby's worried. She's going to fall on the sword too. She's going to be guilty by association and she's right. trying to stay ahead of it all. You know, and, and it doesn't even matter even if she didn't um, implement the kidnapping, the mere fact that she knows that these two babies are alive is right and didn't say anything enough yeah. to finish her well and look at karen starting to do some investigative work now too so now she's worried about her she's like oh great that nosy nelly's gonna have her nose in my business even more abby's ears are always in the right place at the right time <laughs> oh, totally right. <laughs> that's why she has to do all that eye acting all the time Mac is filling Karen, Karen in on all the, his investigation details, and she's a little distracted. She interrupts and asks him to go with what she's about to say, and don't just for the sake of arguments. And she says, "What if Val's babies are not dead?" And that's how it ended. Yeah, because he wanted to, he wanted to talk about Galveston and his men quite a bit, and all of a sudden she kind of interjects with that, and it kind of makes him stop cold and look at her like what are you trying to insinuate here mm -hmm. so i gave this one a little bit higher but not too much um i gave it a 7.5 <laughs> i gave it a 7.5 too we're on the same track i thought a little bit more happened i'm gonna raise this up a little bit but yeah i did a 7.5 as well yeah and then i was it's starting i guess for the same reason that you since i started at 7.5 i went to an eight because there you I, go this is, it's getting there yep. yeah I was like, wow you're really enjoying this you're giving higher grades <laughs> well that's because that's because this entire concept of me being here is starting to come to fruition Yes. One other thing I'm going to mention too, I'm surprised I took a note about it. I know you're not taking in-depth notes, Tommy, like I'm not either, but Matt got a hold of, through an, another informant, Matt got a hold of the man with the beard that works for Galveston, who wrote a written confession that he was one of the ones that did the murders while well, they got a hold of him. And he said, basically, the order came from the top. And he's like, how high up? And he goes, as high up as you can go. So then he's like, Galveston and Max like okay I've got my I've got my link to it but I want to keep this all quiet because I don't want to tip off Galveston right. Mac not knowing that Galveston's hooked up to a respirator somewhere but still he Max get really close to the truth and he's finally getting the answers and he's just so close he's just trying to find out motive and the reasons why yeah yeah, I kind of was like I don't even care about this like Max investigation <laughs> part of the show like I'm not even going to right that. <laughs> exactly exactly well it's, it's there's so much going on with val that this is the subplot what's going on with galveston totally i mean i know it, it is in a way it's important to the overall plot but like it's just 
I just feel like there's so many intricate details. When they exactly. come together, I'm just like, oh, okay. Like Galveston <laughs> being involved with the chemical spill and like right. the of this guy that disappeared that signed the confession. And I'm just like, okay, I see the yes. threat. But I'm like, I don't care though. <laughs> exactly. Like truly you need a big map behind you where you're connecting your red strings so you know what's all connected and it's a lot. And we're watching chunks of episodes at a time. I can't imagine watching this week to week and remembering every detail. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it works, I guess. <laughs> yep, exactly. Episode 21 is titled The Deluge. 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 Um, it's a. <laughs> right. Um, we pick up at the same night. Now we're in the kitchen at the Mackenzie's. Right. And Karen is asking if it's possible. Mac thinks it's wishful thinking. And Eric walks in and asks Karen if she's putting Nats Landing Motors up for sale. Mm. She says no, and he gives her a business card of a guy that heard otherwise. So right. I don't even know where that was. Where what there's is there a reason for that later? That's what I would it want. goes on it goes on for an episode or two. So they're just trying to give a little something to have Eric in the scene, basically. But it will lead to a bigger scene. But yeah, right now it's just a small little nugget. If you blink, you probably missed it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was melding two different stories together, but I like I was thinking, doesn't Eric get like upset that she's like trying to sell his dad's business and he wants to run it? But then I thought maybe I'm thinking about when she was selling all of um all of his Sid stuff his, off, like, like his car. And he was yep. about it. I'm like, am I melding two yes. different things together? <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, Galveston flatlines. I have that written down too. I'm like, beep, beep. But I was also beep, taking notes when that beep. happened, and I wasn't sure if he actually flatlined or somebody just like turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did flatline, and then I think they turned the machine off. Because oh, okay. Was, I wasn't sure if there was that tone going forever. Because yeah. they kind of always the big scene on shows where all of a sudden they got to reach over and turn the yeah. machine off. Because then I think the next scene was like his employees waiting by the phone, like for the phone call. And I was like, wait, was it, did he actually die or did they like just push it along? <laughs> right. As they were sitting <laughs> vigil. Um, and that's when they realized they got to, they had to like get the ball rolling on the, the transition, I guess. Right. So one of the things which I guess in the beginning of this, in my head, I was like, so a man of this much power and wealth should have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. And it felt like it kind of wasn't happening that he was putting all of his all of his eggs into his son's ability to take You're over. Right. I think the goal was he thought, I think Paul thought he was gonna convince Greg to take over Galveston Industries. Yes, he's got Gary there as a little bit of a backup plan, but I don't think Gary's like, it wasn't the do-all end-all. He was kind of just someone he was going to groom and use him as a front man and until he got Greg up to speed and then pushed Greg, Gary out of the way was the plan. But at the time, you know, Paul wasn't married or anything. They were probably worried about a will. So that's why all of a sudden mystery woman who walks in the room and do you, do you, I now pronounce you happens really quickly. So there's probably some validity in having a will put together on who this is. So Correct. yeah. now we as the audience start, start to get some insight to who this woman is because mm -hmm. again, Gary comes out to the ranch. Karen asked Lily May if Val seemed groggy that night. And Lily Mae doesn't want to talk about the babies, and she doesn't want Karen bringing it up to Val because it'll just upset her. Yeah, exactly. She's worried about Val's mental state, so she doesn't want Karen to meddle too much in that. Gary goes to see Galveston and meets his wife, Ruth. Um, it's funny, Matt, who watches the podcast and I talk to about knots a lot. He had yep. mentioned Ava Gardner being on the show, and I, when he said it, I remembered, but for some reason, I thought she was a season seven character. <laughs> oh, okay. Nope. This Ava makes her facial appearance in this one. Hello, darling. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, she's kind of over the window where the curtains are pulled and it's <sighs> dim, and they kind of make it dramatic because she turns and looks. She's exactly. like, Hello, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like introduces herself as Mrs. Galveston, and he's kind of like, "Oh, I didn't realize 
Paul was married. And right. it's so funny, their exchange, Gary's trying to ask particular questions and she's very evasive. And she's like, I travel, I go to Africa, I like doing photography. And she's really not giving him any direct answers about Paul. And she's being very glib about her own life as well. And like how long they've been together or anything, none of that comes up. It's almost like they like coached her on details because she does leave this little nugget to kind of like, I guess, ease Gary's anxiety. Mm. She says, oh, you're the one right? that you're forced to. Yes. So he, that's like, oh, okay, you know that. Okay. And you, so now you're my question <laughs> is, so you're saying, so and I read it totally differently on you're saying that they coached her and I read it that she's been paying attention this whole time. Well, she I, no, she's got a plan in place too. And we as the audience, she hasn't come right out and said it, correct. but I'm gonna say it. This is Greg's <laughs> mother. So yeah. she's like, okay, yep, the goal was I come back, marry Paul. Now I got some tie and some validity to his estate so I can make sure my son gets mm -hmm. his just rewards. So her and Paul are kind of on the same page that they wanted Greg to take over Galveston Industries. Joshua asked the Reverend if he can open the show to discuss the breakthrough with Val. And the Reverend says, take all the time you need. So he Oops, that was a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes the whole half hour. And which was oh. which was going back to my statement of he wanted the Reverend to give up the reins. Exactly. So he wants to insert it and he's playing chess like these were all other people's decisions, but he laid the groundwork just much right. like he does with Kathy too right. on influence her right. on what he wants yeah. to have totally happen. Manipulative, absolutely. Yep. yep. Karen gets Val's original obstetrician on the phone that couldn't yes. uh, be at the hospital the night of the labor. But she Dr. Can't Kellen. Get, she, can't, she can't get like straight answers out of her. I'm busy. <laughs> she was busy. She wants her to call, make an appointment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. She asked Gary if papers were signed and if he went by the nursery and saw the mm -hmm. twins in front of Abby. Yeah. And Abby's like, why is this bitch like poking around making trouble for me? <laughs> right? Exactly. Because she wants to make sure that Val's twins and he kind of stops her. And he's like, Karen, don't go there because he's worried again about Val's mental state. And she says, she's just trying to put her mind at ease. She goes, if it's the last thing that she does, she's going to find out what happened to those dun, dun, dun. Which means she knows she's done. Abby knows. She's, her gut's telling her something's going on. So now Abby's like, shit, Karen, get the hell out of the room, would you? <laughs> um, Gary thinks Karen should lay off, and she says she will do whatever it takes to ease Val's mind. She says she'll even have Ackerman in, fr Ackerman in front of the review board if necessary. Exactly. So she's going hard and she's letting it be known. Ironically, Abby happened to be in that room during the conversation. So again, Abby's got the insight of what's going on. She's like, oh, just another thing I've got to try and watch out for. Right. Um, Greg goes to see Galveston's casket at the empty church. He yep. takes the ring off of Galveston's finger and Ruth walks in and says, good for you. You take that ring. <laughs> exactly. And that's actually where we find out that she's his mother. Correct. And this is a little kind of foreshadowing because that was a tip to Ruth. Like, yeah, he wants it. As yes. much as he denies this and denies Paul being his father versus who he thought Subner, the pilot, was actually his father. And he learns later that Paul, who built planes and things like that, and much greater wealth, was his father. He really wants it. He's got a little bit of both of these men in him and that influence. So she's trying to push him in that direction. Yes, you have both of your fathers in you. <laughs> <laughs> um, she informs them that they were married, and he's kind of like, why the hell did you do that for? <laughs> she's um, like, darling, I can't keep up with all these things and tell you everything all the time. Because <laughs> I think even he probably was like, you're getting the money you have the money you're getting money like like you didn't do it for the money like you already have right um, yep joshua tells abby he wants to run some ideas by her and she says 
She says he only talks in 30 minute segments and she, segments and she doesn't have a type that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, he says he wants to have Kathy sing on the program. Which again, he's controlling the situation now and he's got these ideas and he's laying his groundwork. Um, possibly regularly. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't signed his contract yet. And she says to be in her office at four so they can discuss this. <laughs> right? Exactly. And you see, like, Kathy not trying to make waves. She's like, no, I don't have to sing. No, it's fine. It's like, <laughs> why just all that? Well, not so much. She did, but I think she's aware that his controlling is not healthy for her. She's fully aware. Yeah. Abby tells Joshua that if he drafts a, a script for the next week, they can go over it together and she would consider letting the reverend go. Mm-hmm. Right. And he makes it sound like, well, that would be your decision. But damn well he knows I'm bringing the people and the money, so she's going to lean that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua is pushing Kathy to sing on TV hard. Mm-hmm. And she's crowded by it. Yes. Um, Abby gets was, this, was that was that from the scene when he came home and he was kind of happy with his day and how he kind of got the time that he wanted on screen and he kind of got Abby in the lane of giving him more time on the show and releasing the reverend that he comes home and he brings Chinese food uh-huh. for everybody. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Ben is there, Val is there, Lily May is there, of course Kathy's there, and he's kind of happy about his day and and I think Kathy says something like, well, you had to look over your contract. And Ben looks up and goes, you got a contract. So he's a little bit like, what is going on? Because all of a sudden, Joshua is fast-tracking. And meanwhile, Ben's always got Abby in his face going, find out about Galveston. Find out about Galveston. And when Gary asks Abby, why is Ben coming out to Galveston Industries and trying to look at what's going on at Empire Valley? And Abby's like... I don't know. He's just a reporter. I'm not telling him what to do. And it's like, Abby, you're exactly telling him what to do. <laughs> but she's doing it because she wants to stay ahead with the information train and know what's going on. Um, during the, the dinner scene with the Chinese food, they all like put their head down to pray or whatever before they eat. And Val started to cry a little bit. And they were all a little concerned. And she's like, it comes in waves. She's like, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm not having another mental break. I'm just... Exactly. <laughs> yep. Because um, Ben right away, he's like, are you okay? Are you? Is everything okay? And she's yeah. like, no, I'm fine. I'm she's fine. like, it just comes in waves. Like, I'm good. <laughs> but wasn't there while, um, uh, what's his name, was handing, bringing the Chinese food in and going to hand it out, and somebody went to go grab for it, he kind of... Joshua? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like that there was a moment where um, he was giving, but somebody went to go take, and he was like no i'll give it to you where he was trying to now think it was just a weird little i just felt the dynamic of um gaining control um and and letting everybody understand that he is gaining control or in control now of every component of his life me man me dominant correct (laughs) because he was gloating over the fact that he was able to purchase the chinese food you know Mm -hmm. now he's a man who makes money now you know this isn't just a little side gig this is Mm -hmm. i could provide for the family it's possible that's how i felt it not so good at little nuances like that yeah abby gets into bed and what looked to me like an evening gown Honestly, he right. was like all the pads and everything. <laughs> I, I have the same note down. I'm like, um, Gabby get, Abby gets into bed with shirtless Gary, and I'm like, where are his boom booms? We haven't seen his boom booms in a while. So the yeah. the interesting thing is, I think his that... boom boom days are done. I think season four mm. and five are his boom boom. Oh. days. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> his boom boom shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, it looked like she like got home, took her shoes off, and just got in the bed in her dress. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> Where the other outfit, her silk nighty, was chicka-wah-wah. And then this was, you know, like you see the 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 TikTok videos on analyzing my wife's pajama wear, you know. No, nope. right. yep. And <laughs> um she wondered about the why Paul wanted um, about Paul's FCC license. She kind of mentioned to Gary. She wondered why Paul wanted Abby to get a communications license. So again, she's all inquisitive about things. And this is leading to the bigger picture of what 
Empire Valley was going to be. So yeah. There was another scene with Karen and um not Michael, um, the other one. Mac. No, oh, Eric. One. Eric. Eric. Um where it kind of, oh he like she was like, Why were you out so late? And he's like talking to her about the sale of not landing motors and she's talking to him about that, but then she's like, Who is she? And they're like they're having two different conversations at one. Totally. And he's like Think about selling it or whatever and she's like you bring her around that we'd love to meet her like they're having, like, exactly because she knows she knows they're having two different conversations but she knows her son's not wanting to share what's going on with his personal life at the moment but it was right. pretty cute I, I remember in one season i think it's probably next season where eric's dating somebody and he's filling her in on all the drama and she's like it's like a soap opera <laughs> right <laughs> um I put Karen is cracking the international satellite code from her living room couch. <laughs> well, you're right, because now there's a man that we don't know his name that basically Galveston's team and Ruth have said, go get him. He's kind of fresh meat now, meaning Greg. He's at that raw state where he could be easily influenced to take on Galveston Industries. So this man and Greg are finally meeting and Greg's getting to ask some questions and pick his brain. But you're right. At the same time at the McKenzie household, Karen and Mac are sitting there and Karen starts chatting with Mac. So go for it. I've got some notes too. I'm sure you do as well. The two conversations were cut in between. Exactly. Which um, Knox does a great job of doing that where two different scenes are happening, because they, but they both kind of relate to one another in the same subject matter. I just laughed because I'm like this, you know, now businesswoman, but essentially housewife is just like... <clears throat> in the middle of this like international satellite conspiracy, from <laughs> <laughs> right? Where, you know, her, her my home. Let me put my hair in a bun. Uh huh. No. She didn't have the big shoulder pads on this time. No, but, no. she didn't. And I like how Mac was like, "I'm gonna paint this place." Like I, they were just like having like separate conversations, two separate conversations, <laughs> like her and her totally. son, where she's really the one that's totally in control and knows everything. <laughs> And the men in her life are the idiots. Well, the, the man is talking to Greg about there's, you know, international communications. It's important to the world. Um, people are messaging. They would be able to hear everything that was said. And if they don't like it, they could change it to suit their purposes. And Greg kind of looks at his dad's ring versus Karen's is the same thing. Maybe Paul's building special satellites that can boost more on TV or cell phones. And that's what Gary's for. So again, that component that they found that we discussed last podcast all kind of ties into this. And they're trying to basically listen to everything throughout the world. And then they can control or react and set the plan in place much like abby but on a bigger grander scale it's Correct. Which, which confuses me that i guess in the soap opera world that who is galveston that he thinks that he can control the world like like he was he was just a business you know what i'm saying like he's a businessman it's not like he um you know um was a senator and then maybe a president a or no i know that like you know like it's like this weird i almost don't buy it that's i think you that's know. a lighting part of it i almost don't buy but greg being a senator is a is a good detail because it kind of gives him some kind of government access mm -hmm. also right um and during that scene we see greg playing with the ring exactly because the man so looks at him and he I says yeah, he's like, everybody is counting on you to make yeah. this work. So mm -hmm. basically, Greg's feeling that pressure, but he's also feeling a lot of power at the same time. So like, yeah. Greg's holding that ring. He hasn't put it on, but he's holding it. And that's yeah. kind of a little bit of a monumental my moment. Note. My last note is, is this Greg's villain origin story? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. there is a shift with his character where he kind of goes dark. And yep. the villain, but... um. So I'm like, is this it? Is this where it happened? <laughs> and that's all, excuse me, that's all I have. That's yeah. all I've got. <laughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Okay. So I gave this a seven. 
I gave this a seven also. <laughs> but Greg gave it an eight. That's when I was like, wow, you're really liking this. <laughs> and, and again, because I think this is the they origin story. A little more. Correct. Because this is the origin story for why I'm here. Like, this is now. He said that. He's like, it's nostalgia. I it's think. nostalgia. It's revving up to there nostalgia for me. So, yes. Yeah. Wow. Me and Lynn were like on the same page for all that. Well, because I think, I think it wasn't. Like those last block of episodes, I love the Gary and Val dynamic. What was going on there? Seeing her go, what she goes through. You know, Val was very much more subplot these last three episodes versus what was going on with Greg was much more the forefront. They were having to bring in Ruth. There was just like a lot of new information to come at you. We'll circle back around and the Val storyline is going to be a lot more heavier. Also, too, maybe Tommy, from your viewpoint, Kathy didn't sing any of these three I was episodes. Kathy didn't sing. <laughs> <laughs> so you missed out on that, and that maybe kept your rating down a little bit lower too. Maybe. So <laughs> we still we still respected the homage of this time period and stayed between a seven and a ten and didn't dip below a seven. Right. So she was kind of a like a one scene kind of character these last years. Totally. Episodes. Um, but I like, know that they, they get more in the forefront at some point. Yep. Um how you feeling? Are you remembering future, like future things? I am. <laughs> so it's not that I'm remembering future things, but it is um, starting to explain why when I first met certain characters, why they presented one way and I felt a different way. Sure. That's where I'm at right now because I don't remember, again, I'm not remembering whether or not Greg does put the ring on. Like, you know, like in my head, mm. I have assumptions. In my head, sure. I have feelings, but I don't have the proof, uh, the memory proof yet. So that's where I'm exactly. at. I think we'll probably learn more in the next yeah. episode. Yeah. So um how are you feeling about Abby? Do you still hate her? Or are, you, are you enjoying her villain, her villainous ways? <laughs> so again, the proof of why I'm like, I don't like her. And, but I knew nothing about her, but that's because I didn't redig up the memory seed. And now it's, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's right. She absolutely is manipulative. So like, I'm like really curious if her um, relationships or even any of her relationships are even valid. Or is she just no. using? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. Or is this? Or is it valid for her? Because that's as valid as, as that's as that's as genuine as she can be. Yeah, I think she's just very nervous about this baby thing coming out and it all being blamed on her. And it it is kind of weird. It's very much like. Um, guilt by association you know she knew some of the players that made these things happen and she kept her mouth shut but i think she was too worried that people might look at her well because this lawyer worked for her she was one that put it into play and that's not what it was but she's just worried no matter what abby wants to kind of abby keeps her cards close and we saw that all through the wolfbridge storyline and when she was doing her apple company and everything she's not good at sharing and then gary found out about it and everything kind of blew up in her face and gary almost divorced her for it but right. yeah i think gary gary i think she loves gary but she his money is definitely a added bonus um, without a doubt she does she had a line i think it was in season five if she ever had to make a choice between love and money money will win every time <laughs> which was fine by me right because i think her I there mean, was like you know a chance that she could lose gary if he found something out so she was like it's fine that's when she mm -hmm. was the word and so what's community her, property or yeah, so what's, right? her, you know, what's her origin story like how what was was her do they even talk i don't remember if they even talk about her child well yeah she she kind of she grew up decent middle class and you know sid did his little thing with sid was older than her and then he started getting into his little car sales company that he had and she did book work back in the day and stuff like that but then she got married and had kids and was a homemaker and then that marriage didn't work out and she got custody of the kids and, and when she first separated and got divorced, she came to visit Sid at Lodd's Landing and ended up staying in the cul-de-sac because the house in the cul-de-sac was available to rent. And she met Gary and Val, and she found mm -hmm. out Gary was a Ewing, and she met JR, 
and she saw the money and she started drawing the plans. And Gary so used to work at Knott's Landing Motors also. Yeah. Yes. So she was I remember the bookkeeper. That. So she was around Gary yeah. a lot. And then that the, I remember. was a I, slow I, burn. So I remember so that. Gene Elliott, that plays on General Hospital, Tracy and Tracy mm-hmm. Quarterman was on for yes. the second season and he was having an affair. She was the mm-hmm. wife of an alcoholic that he was a sponsor for. Right. And so he was spending a lot of time with her and they were having an affair and that kind of went bust with a little bit of help. Well, Abby knew, Abby knew that Gary was vulnerable. So she knew that, okay, Gary is vulnerable to leave Val because she's having an affair with this woman, but I'm going to get this woman out of the picture. And she did. And she got Gary for herself. And that woman called her on it too. She yeah. like, you want them all for yourself, don't you? And Gary, I'm Lamp. sorry, and Abby, Abby and JR slept together like once, maybe twice. But then whenever he come back to town, he wanted to sleep together. And she'd be like, no, she's like, I got to be faithful to Gary. And he goes, oh, I know what you're really after. <laughs> and Abby, Abby was trying to have a meeting with Gary, but then the, that woman came and he ended things. He like told right. Abby, like, just give me a minute. And then when she left, it was like a double entendre. She's like, are you ready for me now, Gary? Yeah, are you ready for me? <laughs> but they actually didn't get together till like a season later, so it was like right. a slow burn to them. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Oh, love not planning. <laughs> yes, very good. A lot of history but, uh, there. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Abbey Scale. Sorry for our yeah, past season tangents. Um, <laughs> hopefully that brought back memories also. Um, mm-hmm. As always, you can find us on all the socials at Queers and Soups. Until next time. Have a great night, day, whenever you're watching this. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys.